Welcome to podcast 242 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dave, Dupe, Matt, and our very special guest, making his Five Star Potential debut. It's football journalist slash broadcaster slash podcaster, Mr. Sam Tai of the Ranks FC podcast. How are we all, gentlemen? And welcome, Sam. Oh, thanks for all good. Thanks thank very you. much. Thanks for having me. Good evening. It's a bit weird that you wrote your own intro, but I was fine. <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> that's that's definitely Paddles' work. Yeah. It's very wordy, <laughs> definitely. Right, uh, over the past few weeks, you've had plenty of save updates from Dave, Mad and Dupe. So this week, we'll be diving straight into the interview with Sam, who might even actually have his own FM save on the go to tell us about. Do you have a, an FM save that you're currently playing, Sam, in between go, like going to Italy and being a fancy down? Uh, I do have a current football manager save, yes. Um, actually, with uh, Mads just reaching out to me in the last week and saying, would you like to come on the pod? It kind of reminded me to get back involved with it because, you know, you sort of, sort of drift in and out of it sometimes. So I've, over the last three days, I've absolutely caned it. So I'm right up to speed. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got a good save going. I've been ill as well, so I haven't really had that much else to do. I was just going to say, Sam, because the the pod that was released today and, you know, Jack was saying you weren't there because you pulled a sickie and took a day off. It was to play football manager, right? There's no, there's no sickie. We know. Well, I'm the director of the company, so, you know, I'm allowed to do this. Uh, executive day, <laughs> should we call it that? Executive day? Uh, yeah. I just really, I just really needed to manage Norwich City, okay? <laughs> We're on board. <laughs> Well, as you're, you've you've become reacquainted with your own save yourself, uh, tell us a bit more about it. Like, what? How far are you in? What are your achievements? Well, achievements are sparing because I'm managing Norwich City. Um, but you know, we're uh, <laughs> almost two seasons done, and I'm managing it under some very strange custom rules. Um, this is something that yes. uh, myself and my my two friends Alex and Cam we play like the same. We we take control of the same team. We play you know, our own individual saves rather than an online save, but we essentially compete against one another. So we'll all pick Norwich and then we'll all set rules and then we will do an end of transfer window update and then we'll stay silent for like three weeks and then we'll all update on New Year's Day and see who's where and we're basically competing against one another, but in our own save. And it's a, it's a really good way of making an individual game something a bit more community-led um, and we're very competitive. But Norwich City, I'm only allowed to sign players from England, Italy, Turkey, Croatia from Europe, South Korea from Asia, Costa Rica and Mexico in Central America, Argentina in South and South Africa from Africa. So that's uh, nine countries. That's it. No Irish, no Scottish, no Welsh, unless they have a second nationality. And those are the only nine countries I'm allowed to sign players from. So that is our custom rule for Norwich City. So you know how Shatter Donets could do that whole like, hey, we're like the Brazilian... Um, subculture and like village of Ukraine <laughs> well we're like the Argentinian hive of East Anglia because obviously we're just signing Argentines <laughs> um, so those are the custom rules to keep it interesting and uh, I tell you what we do end up signing the same players but then it just becomes even more competitive right who can do the best with that how did you come up with the, the country sounds? It just like random. It was actually or? mostly Cam and Alex, my friends that did it. Um, but they basically sat together, had a pint and then tried to pick at least <laughs> one from every continent. Obviously, we've got like you know, one from yeah. South America, one from Asia, one from uh, one or two from Central America. But obviously, Costa Rica is pretty much useless. Um, so, yeah, England, because it's homegrown, because it's Norwich um, and then three from Europe of varying degrees. And I think it really was just 
they had a beer and just thought about it for about 10 minutes. That was it. <laughs> maybe they just had a beer from each of those countries and just said, right, that's it. I got nine points. In <laughs> yeah, maybe. Was done. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good little challenge. Good little challenge. In the past, we've done, the three of us, we've done West Ham. Um, we've done Aston Villa. We've done Real Sociedad. We've done Hamburg, spanning across several football managers. So each year we probably get about three done. Um, and we just sort of compete to see who can who can achieve the most. Who does? It's usually me. <laughs> he was always going to say that. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, I was always going to say that. Yeah, uh, like no, no I'll hesitation. What, I'll tell you what, there was um, <laughs> the West Ham save. I got I got outdone by Cam, um, but on the others, I think I've probably come out okay. That and also they were, they're both disqualified anyway because we took over. Uh, Cagliari a couple of years ago and they both bailed they were both nearly relegated and they both like quit and wanted to do something else and I was I finished the whole season I finished sixth I got into the Europa League so by virtue of disqualification I, I win <laughs> what's been sounds like another Italian network save <laughs> that I know of oh yeah definitely what, what's been your sort of go-to play style or formation maybe in this Norwich save Sam yeah I've only actually done two saves so far and I've tried to do the exact same thing with both with both of them and that is to recreate Klopp's Liverpool um, and by that I mean I play 4-3-3 uh, a deep line playmaker a box to box and an attacking and an, and an uh, advanced playmaker but as a number 8 rather than a 10 and then I play inside yeah. forwards who are responsible for the goals and I've been basically trying really hard to get the deep line forward going because I feel really sorry for him because it, it it doesn't really work, does it? It's just not what you want it no. to be. So I've been really stubborn and I've tried really hard to get that to work. And you know what? In Julian Alvarez, who Man City have signed in real life, it's actually kind of working and I've kind of got it going. So I'm really pleased. I've got Eddie Nketiah playing off one wing, Huang Hee Chan off the other and Julian Alvarez yes. dropping in uh, dropping in and, and, and facilitating. And we're actually scoring the goals that I... I want us to score. I've also signed Max Kilman. You may be interested to hear. Go on. There you go. It's a good sign, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Dave is loving <laughs> life at the moment. You got me at the Eddie and Ketcher, to be fair. Yeah, Eddie and Ketcher. Yeah. Um, Huang, Huang and yeah, Max yeah. Kilman. Uh, Alvarez, Eze. I've signed Eze, which is ridiculous, in the second season. And Pedro de la Vega, who's never brilliant, but I've signed him a few times and he always seems to come up with a few goals. Not a bad player at all. So yeah, it's going quite well. It's quite fun. And putting those custom restraints on it, is, it always makes it a bit different, doesn't it? You mentioned Julian uh, Alvarez as well. I'm currently doing a, a mad old Newcastle save, but it's kind of northeast only players. So similar constraints. Obviously got relegated, so that's been going well. Um, Julian Alvarez is in the championship at Leeds in my save. <laughs> And he's like smashing the championship. It's ridiculous. I don't know what he's doing there. I don't think he knows what he's doing there. But they've literally just got promoted again. So I'm just like, it's not fair to have Julian Alvarez in the championship. It just shouldn't be allowed. No, he's unreal on this game, isn't he? Absolutely unreal. Right. Well, we will move on to sort of the the interview section. Um, so we'll start with some easy questions, Sam. Um, first of all, who are you and what do you do for a living? That's nice oh, and yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, like 10 minutes in. By the way, who are you? Um, yeah, great stuff. What are you doing here? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. And at least one of you knows who I am. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. So thanks to Mads. But um, for those of you that don't know, I uh, am a sports journalist and broadcaster, as you said. And I'm one third of the Ranks FC podcast. So used to be BR Football Ranks and I used to work for Bleach Report for about eight years and then 
about 18 months ago I left and uh, the podcast that we had with them was sort of discontinued so we well basically Dean and Jack were let go and I took pity on them and decided to join them in the independent venture that's the official line um it's actually factual as well to be fair um and we've decided to go independent and we have a patreon and we have a with our own business and we're running it the way we want to which is uh it's been really really enjoyable so far i'm just observing somehow in the ranks fc podcast it's a trio and you've basically just kind of you know put yourself ahead of the line. oh yeah i took pity on them in the save, you know, you've got this other trio and you're like, yeah, I'm better than all those guys. So, uh, making, making friends once this podcast goes live. <laughs> oh, dear. I didn't I didn't realise that. <laughs> this does go live. By the way, this goes live. Uh, just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We didn't, yeah. we forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. People listen. Yeah. Don't matter because Matt says the same about us for anyway. So that's yeah. fine. <laughs> don't say such things at all. No, just about Matt and Dave. Fine, that's fine, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our private conversations should stay private. <laughs> sorry, really. sorry. There you go. You've just you you outed me, uh, chief. Anyway, uh, so how did you actually get into the football journalism and broadcasting in the first place? It's like a, it's a notoriously difficult sort of career to get into, especially if you're not an ex-footballer. Yes, it is. Um, I did it by pestering and badgering an editor via email until he basically just relented and gave me a sort of part-time paid job of five articles a week. And this was back in 2012. It was with Bleach Report. So I basically started my career with BR and and carried on all the way through for about eight years or so and just kind of hung on for dear life as the company expanded and got bigger and better and, and moved on to better things. And I just continued to throw my hat into the ring for whatever they were doing at the time. So yeah, originally it was five articles a week and I was working in a call centre in Bristol at the time. Uh, I worked for the RAC, the breakdown company. Um, and I was writing articles in between phone calls. And uh, then after maybe three, four months or so, that five articles a week became 10, became 15. Uh, and then finally, it managed to sort of vault into a, like a full-time role. Um, and that was over the course of about six months or so in, in 2012. And then, as I said, just kind of hung on. That's, I mean, it's it's it's... You've got to force your way in somehow, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of how I got here, Matt. I think no, <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. You were you were a standing, and then we got desperate. So. Yeah. <laughs> Tough times. Tough times. Right, right, instead, of, instead of the RAC, you worked for the AA, but not that AA. <laughs> <laughs> when he said RAC, obviously I'm Irish. I had no clue what he was talking about. So thank, thankfully, he elaborated to say what the RAC was because I don't know. <laughs> the or AC. Or um, for for certain sections of Ireland, there. Um, <laughs> not that I'm taking the mick out of your accent. Never. Anyway, uh, we we enjoy a, a, a smorgasbord of of different types of content, um, whether it be written, verbal, video. Um, are you drawn to one or another? Obviously, with the the journalism background now, uh, do you prefer, or is it more? Have you moved now into more of the the broadcasting style because of the whole the pod being the main sort of well, business I just find it takes less time for me to just say stuff rather than write it so I basically <laughs> prefer podcasting and broadcasting now um, but this is going to make me sound like a right wanker um, I prefer I, I personally in terms of me delivering content I prefer to just talk but then when I'm ingesting others content I prefer to read it <laughs> so <laughs> this makes me sound like a self-indulgent bastard but that is ultimately the truth it is much easier to sit there and talk and explain yourself um and then it's also much easier 
really in just terms of time consumption really if you're like on the train or something I'm, I'm more than happy to just flick open like the athletic app and just read through everything like that's kind of how I prefer to do it I've got my go-to guys for podcasts but you know I listen to like two or three a week of those I, I don't I don't do that much commuting I record a lot of stuff from home so I don't really make that much time for it although it does increase in the summer um so yeah I think it's 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 kind of in you know in terms of ingesting it I like to read it still I'm I, I'm one of those I presume there are more of us out there, people that still like to read articles. Oh, I'm I'm very much very much in. I since working from home became my like, the main thing I do. I don't have a commute anymore. I went from going and having at least three hours, and I'd get through three podcasts a day, to having no sort of time to do. It. I don't like listening to people talk at me <laughs> in the gym. So I know some people like running to podcasts. I find that really weird. I hate running, so um, but when it comes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm not exactly a fan of it, but uh, <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> I was going to say with the with the written stuff, I think it's a lot easier to pick out the bits that you almost sort of want to yeah. read or want to you know want to look at, like, especially with the transfer news and rumors. Sometimes, like, oh, if you listen to this podcast to talk about this, this, and this, I'm having to try and skip for an hour long podcast just to find the actual two minute segment that I want to listen to. Um, so I, I tend to agree sometimes with that sort of stuff. The written stuff. Um, is a little bit easier to digest, I think. Oh, it's just well. easier to target what you want. You're exactly right. Um, and particularly exactly. something like if I'm if I'm going to write something about like Burnley, now, not that I do that by choice, but twice a year I do have to do that. Um, if I'm going to write <laughs> something about Burnley, I probably will flick open the Athletic app and just take a look at what their writer has written for the last like four or five things, and that will fill out the gaps in everything I need to know. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and listen to a Burnley podcast. Kill me. So like that that's kind of the that's the flip of it. <laughs> Sorry, Raz. <laughs> I was going to say Raz is on your case. See, I'm going to go the other way and say that maybe because of my inability to read, um, but I actually genuinely prefer podcasts because I'm weird and I like to take my content in twice the speed. So I listen to everything on times oh, two, mate. which then when I get to the end of it, I go, ah, oh, I've got nothing else to listen to. But for me, it's just easier for me to take that content in when people don't have awkward pauses. Mm and not thinking about what they want to say. And that just all flows so much easier. So for me, I watch everything and I listen to everything on times two. And I could barely read a thought for two, to be fair. So that has to be the best way for me to take content Fair enough, in. fair enough. I, I can't do two. I, I do uh, 1.2 or 1.4. Um, when you listen to yourself back on 1.2, 1.4... You you sound like a genius. You sound brilliant, don't you? And then you slow it down to normal and you're like, <laughs> oh... No, there were huge gaps and pauses, and I said um loads as well. It's a it's a real glass shattering moment. Yeah, I, I edit in times two as well, just to make editing for videos and stuff a lot easier. But you're right there. It's like when I recorded, I'm sure I made a mistake, but because I've skipped through it in times two, it doesn't sound as bad. But as soon as you like press play at normal speed, the video just sounds crap. Yeah, <laughs> so I I tend to do that. But I saw, the podcast thing, dude, I sort of get because there's like for argument's sake. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of under the cosh podcasts, and they did one with um, I can't, I can't Jeff Winter, the referee. But if if there was an article out about Jeff Winter, I would not read that article Wait, because it <laughs> what, was Jeff Winter. I mean, that's that a name is, I haven't heard of in years. Is that, is that I'm thinking of the referee, right? That's his name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Was on... he, he, he was a referee, but he's he retired about twenty <laughs> yeah, years so ago. Yeah, so he though. was on under the cosh last week. <laughs> but if someone did a written interview article with him, I would not read it. But because it was an audio podcast, I actually did listen to it. And it was really good. But yeah, so I can sort of see the pros and cons to both, really. 
Dave, if you like that one, it was also on the Magic Sponge, uh, and he was awesome on the Magic Sponge. Yeah, so go he was really to that good. One. I'll have yeah. to listen to that as well. <laughs> the problem I had is uh, really quickly. I listened to uh, a podcast called Fighting Talk with Con uh, Colin Murray. He's um, he does this this game show uh, every Saturday, and I listened to it religiously. And then it came like live tickets come out, and I was like, oh, "I'll go watch that. That's cool." So I went all the way up to Lincoln, sat there, and I was like. God, these last slow, and then realised that I was so used to listening to them at times two. But <laughs> yeah. in times one, I was like, "This is so difficult to listen to because I'm so used to that." I was like, "Why don't you talk normally?" Oh, you are talking normally. It's me that's not normal. Matt, could we release? Just could we release the five star pod in times two, and I'll just sound a lot cleverer. Would that be? Is that a thing? But you can just <laughs> you can't no change. Well, then it. we just have to tell everyone to change mm. it. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> So, Sam, you'd said about uh, you, you left Bleacher Report to, to form Ranks FC. Um, how much of a gamble was it? And I, I guess it's worked out pretty well so far, but obviously you had a fairly stable thing going and then all of a sudden <laughs> you've, you've risked it all. Yeah, I mean, it was a gamble and it also wasn't at the same time. It's a stupid answer and I'll explain it. Um, basically... We were about 18 months uh, at BR Football Ranks <clears throat> until we split. And in those 18 months, the first 12, we sort of found our feet, got our audience and found our cadence. And then for those last six months, we were like, ten, we were saying to each other, like, we, we could go independent. Like, we could just, our audience will carry. Like, we know that they love us. We know that they love the dynamic uh, between us. We're pretty sure, and because a lot of it is American, because of Bleacher Report, they're like weirdly partisan and diehard. Um, and we went out, to the US for a couple of weeks during a summer and like we got like recognized on the street and stuff it was very odd um but people you know they they really like their content creators and we were like well I think they I think they would they would stay with us like if we left BR it's not about BR it's like they like us they like our pod so we could do this like we could go independent we talked about it for like six months and you know people do that they're like yeah we could do that we could do that and then you never actually do it because it takes balls to leave a company like that and then set up on your own and in the end you, we kind of got kicked off the gangplank to be fair like um there was a huge um decision made at bleach report and the london office was essentially shut down um of the 40 people that worked there 35 were made redundant in one afternoon on a zoom call and dean and jack were included in that i was not and they offered to keep me on until the end of the year bear in mind this is like october to december and said you can stay on to the end of the year if you want and then we'll see. And I was like, no, um, this, this, this is the opportunity. Like, this is what we've been talking about, right? Like we've been saying this for ages, like, yeah, we could do this. We could do this. Like, well, here's your free pass. You get three months redundancy and an opportunity. And if it doesn't work in three months and if no one likes you and it turns out you were wrong, you go and get another job in January. But this is your opportunity. You can't really pass this up. So yes, it was a gamble, but also we, we took the gamble with like with the fucking massive safety net underneath us, you know? three months redundancy pay and free grace and we were forced to make the decision we didn't like actively do it so yeah it's not it's not quite the bold um independent striking out move that maybe sometimes uh, i paint it out to be <laughs> because we were sort of sort of pushed and you know we we're in a kind of no lose scenario because i feel like we probably would have gone and got jobs elsewhere we just wanted to stick together and like the the podcast was the favorite part of our job at bleach report of all the things we did it's the thing we look forward to the most. We always wanted to do more than one episode a week. They wouldn't let us. This was our opportunity. This was a chance to start a Patreon. Like, it, there was a lot of opportunities here that, that sort of fell in our lap, and we were like, let's give it a go, see what happens. 
did you have any issues with like basically taking the thing that you formed whilst you were there? Were there, were there any? I mean, obviously, if you can't talk about it, don't. That's fine. No, we understand. But like, if was there any? Uh, we see uh, the, the example I use is like the the Top Gear split from BT, uh, BT, BBC, and then moving to Amazon and then renaming it. But it's basically the same show. Did you have any ramifications from that? Um, well, we had to set up a new RSS feed um, and start again from scratch there. So that'll like indirectly answer one of the questions. Um, but we went with goodwill and we did have a chat on the way out and just said, look, we want to carry on and we want to keep the format and the word ranks like that doesn't belong to you and things like that. And they were like, yeah, like go for it. Like, honestly, they were just like, crack on. Uh, it was a bit weird, um, but they were really, they were really absolutely fine with it. Um, we just had to start a new, new RSS feed. Uh, you know, that, that, that intellectual property had to become, well, that previous one didn't belong to us and we had to start a new one. Mm. Um, so have, many... have you noticed that we sorry have you noticed have you noticed that we just like renamed nonsense to gibberish like <laughs> and, and then and then and then, that, and then like uh hot takes became things we love and then there's a middle ranking and then there's melon of the week is still the same and then there's yeah it's like it's the same they've rebadged it you fool you know it's that it's that shit it's, isn't it like that meme where it's like corporate wants you to tell the difference between this picture and this picture? They're, They're the, the same, same picture. picture. <laughs> They're the same picture. Very much that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Sam, one of the, one of the things I spotted was um, you like I think it was still at BR. You won an award. I think it was in 2019 for. Or so you came. Sorry, you came second in the podcast of the year, and it was just behind the Peter Crouch podcast. So like, have you met Peter Crouch? Does he know you hate him? Is there any vengeance mission still on the cards against Pete? He's the only person in the podcast game that's taller than me. So he's the only person I'm scared of. So <laughs> it had to be him, didn't it? That but I lost to. he's an actual to. twig, though. Yeah, I know. Um, no, there's no bad blood, although he didn't even come to the awards ceremony. So you ah, know, yeah. he didn't even care. Um, although, obviously, the two lads that, that he does it with, with the BBC, on the BBC, like they, they did care. Um, so no, that was a, that was a huge shame. There's well, there's no shame in losing to Peter Crouch's podcast because it's awesome. Mm. Um, but we were gutted to to lose that very narrowly as well. And apparently, we were in the lead until he tweeted the link for the vote. That's what they told us at the end. <laughs> uh, like the judge was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, like yesterday you were." Why would you winning. tell people that? Why would because you tell we, people that? We were in the bar afterwards, <laughs> and he was like, he was he was in the middle of telling us that like. He was like, mate, I, I'm, I've, I, it's, it's his job to judge the podcast. He's like, the amount of submissions we got that were utter shite was so like excruciatingly bad. He basically wanted to say like, thanks for making something that wasn't fucking useless. Like, uh, like a, like a, like a terrible, terrible Rochdale podcast between three blokes in a pub with four listeners. Like that gets sent to him. He has to listen to that at least once to like you know, have to, to, to judge whether or not it should be in the category. Like he, he, I think that man went through some things. Dave, uh, I think he saw some things. Dave, podcast, mate. Yeah, you won't do that. I think he saw some things. He heard some things he didn't want to hear. I think he was showing his scars and he just wanted to say, thanks for, thanks for putting one together that's not rubbish. Um, and by the way, you were like nearly quite close to winning. We were like, bollocks. So... Yeah, what it is. <laughs> we must have submitted the five star pod in that one, and that set him off when he listened yes. to us. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Uh, the, you mentioned um, Americans being oddly mm. partisan. Um, I mean that that isn't odd from my experience with Americans. 
They they will hang their hat on anything that okay, they can yeah. find. Yeah, fair enough. Um, they yeah they'll wear they'll they'll take a t shirt with a gigantic <laughs> brand on it and just wear it, won't they? Um, whereas we're a bit more reserved. I, yeah. I possibly shouldn't have said oddly. I just from an English culture perspective, it was um, <laughs> it, it, it was a, it's a bit of a culture shock. But like for our business model as well, like we have a Patreon. We need we we would ideally like people to subscribe and and pay us a small fee a month to listen to the extra podcast episodes. That. That culture does not exist in England. Like, we complain that our content is shite, but then we will will not we will not pay for good content. So that's just the way that's the way it works. It. I pay the license fee yeah. and that's it. Yeah, I'm not like obviously anymore, I hate this free content, but I'm not paying for good stuff. Like that's that's kind of our ethos. Whereas Americans are much more attuned to the idea of paying a subscription for something they like. They're just, they're just much more down to earth with it. It's much more part of their culture. So that's been an advantage for us because we've had more patrons off the back of it. The, uh, the large skew towards America as an audience has meant that we have been able to get more people to part with a pretty small fee. English people just don't want to hear it. They don't want to, even if they love the content, they're like, I'm not paying for that. We've only got one American listener, I think, so... Stucker with Brian, we appreciate it. Thank you. Brian, will you, <laughs> Brian, will you please subscribe to our Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't already. Probably does. He is like the, he is the, the one crossover listener. There we go. We found him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also write for Southampton uh, as well. Um, so what's it been like working slash writing for a club that has then gone through so much change over the past sort of few years um, that you've written? Honestly, for? it's been all downhill for them since they appointed me. Um, my, 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 first, my first season, they were in Europe. It was Claude Puel and it was the Europa League. And in the first season in November, I went out to the San Siro and I watched Southampton play Inter Milan at San Siro. And since then, since then... Like, it's been a disaster, hasn't it, really? Like, Mark Hughes got appointed. That was terrible. Pellegrino, he was terrible. And then finally, they kind of landed on their feet with Hasenhutl. Very narrowly escaped relegation like three times out of the last six years. They're on a good track now. And they're a pleasure to work with. And, and it's a pleasure to cover a club managed by, by Ralph because he's, he's, such, he's such a good manager. Like, Southampton know what they've got. They, they're, they're very aware of how fortunate they are. So from that perspective, it's, it's great. But yeah, it's... There's, <laughs> There have been periods where the results have been really poor and it is very difficult to write for a club which has to have an inherently positive spin because it is a club piece of media. It is quite hard to write nice things about a team that have lost four in a row. And like some... Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) I was going to bring that up. I'm so glad you have to. Oh, I will. (laughs) I watch that regularly. (laughs) Are you a Portsmouth fan? (laughs) Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's it's tough. Um, it is tough in those scenarios, but you just kind of you do what you can. And the people that that I report into are obviously very aware of the situation, so they're like, "Yep, okay, that'll do. That'll have to do." Uh, but yeah, overall, very good and like great. Like a good connection to a football club, very good. Um, means I watch all the Saints games. They often have really interesting players. I've been able to watch, you know, Kyle Walker Peters blossoming. Been able to watch Armando Breuer every minute of James Ward Prowse for the last six years. Like I know exactly how good that guy is. Like you pick up so much from it. Um, it can be very valuable, uh, especially since they've had some really good players coming through, of course, um, and they've sold them on eventually. But I've kind of seen them all up close and personal. 
and I've interviewed Ralph Hasenhuttle off the back of it. I've been to the San Siro, like it's had its it's had its real bonuses. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, Sam, as well, because to tie it into a bit of football manager, this is I think it's a football manager podcast around here. Um, <laughs> like, would you have spotted? I suppose being so close to the club and uh, I'm thinking about maybe the academies or like under 18s. Would you've been keeping an eye out there, let's say a couple of years back, and and obviously thinking about FM and seeing some of those players go through. Is there anybody that you would have spotted relatively young at the club that you were like, this guy's going to be big? And and obviously they've sold, as you said, they've sold a lot of players for profit. And stuff. Well, is there anyone that's they've got a, the problem is actually the pipeline for them has dried up a little bit in terms of the what's come out of the academy over the last three four years. I know that Hasenhutl doesn't. I don't know. I it seems to me like Rat Hasenhutl is is not that impressed by what's come through. Um, and they've gone out and acquired like Thierry Small from Everton at age 16, like Dinel Simeo from Chelsea at age uh, 18 and, and put those guys into the into the second team and the B team, uh, the under 23s and stuff. They've gone out and acquired those guys. Um, a lot of actually, it's been a bit dry coming through, but Nathan Teller is one player who I guess I saw before a lot of people. He hasn't really broken into the team fully yet, but he's actually a really good player, Nathan Teller. And um, eventually that pathway will clear for him and... Yeah, there's things to learn for him, but there's 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 potential for someone like Teller to be better than Nathan Redmond. So as a starting point for a Premier League career, that's not too bad. But actually, it's been a bit disappointing with the uh, the the youth products recently, and and a lot of the players that I'm talking about coming through, they've gone out and had to acquire. Right? It's Liveramento, it's Carl Walker Peters, it's Breuer. I've got a really important question. Um, how does Ralph? Hassan Tuttle smell like does he have a nice scent like I've asked other people it's <laughs> random but like other people that like, I know that have worked for for football teams I always ask the same question because some of them look like they you know they they're worth a million dollars and others less so um like I wouldn't ask someone how Tony Pulis smells for example but um Daniel Farker smells amazing apparently so there's, a, right. there's that I sort mean, of Germanic Austrian link going. I on, sent so. you a question, Sam. I could have never, I could have never factored this one coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 no worries. Um, I, unfortunately, I, I interviewed Ralph over Zoom, so I don't know. Um, uh, I'm really sorry. No, oh, I mean, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't think do I've ever smelled a bad footballer. <laughs> like they always smell amazing, and it does kind of transfer to managers. I think just that dressing room, whatever cloud of aroma is in there, I think it just infects everybody, and they all smell amazing. <laughs> It's like they walk out and they've got the, uh, the the woman from the fast show. No offense, woman. She's spritzing them as they walk out the changing room. That's a, a very dated reference. So if you are younger than too young, then you won't get it. Uh, that's fine. So we'll move on to the lighter yeah, question. So it's better than my reference about the man in the toilets at nightclub. So we'll go from there. <laughs> I, 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 I was out like the. I hadn't seen. I hadn't been out for years, and I went out. Um, not last weekend, the weekend before, and there was a guy in the toilets. And With all the lights, he handed me, like he handed me a, a toilet roll, and then it was expecting me to to tip him. And I was like, "Mate, it's twenty twenty two. Who has cash? Let me wipe yeah. my ass first, like, and then I'll decide it. <laughs> oh, let me get the car machine out for you, son. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, what, what? Keep, does he now. keep the toilet roll? Like, there's none in the in the cubicle. So he, you know, he <laughs> like, that, they, that, that, in my experience, like. They, they usually go in and take the toilet roll that the venue has <laughs> sort of filled. Anyway, we're getting slightly yeah, off piste. Like <laughs> no, Quite a lot off piste. So um, we, let's bring it back round to uh, to you, Sam. And so you you write for Saints, but oh yeah, I don't. Who tell do you that. actually support? And 
I mean, there are some people out there that know. No, there are some people out there that know. But like, whisper it. You can whisper it. I decided a while ago to try and maintain some form of objectivity for professional reasons, Um, and it's 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 that's been important. Um, There's also this sort of side game that spawned where, like, about every two weeks, someone will ask me who I support, and that's been the case for the last eight years, Um, to the point where actually some of the podcast listeners are kind of obsessed with it, um, and they're trying to figure it out. And I find it highly amusing. I'm not going to lie. So I just like to watch them squirm and struggle. So, yeah, I don't say. If, if it helps, guys, he's wearing a Cambridge United shirt. Just <laughs> I mean, if we talk to him long away. enough, Ooh. if we speak to him long enough, we'll get to process of elimination. He hates Rochdale, he hates Burnley. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be honest, right? If it is Cambridge now, I am aced that. <laughs> No comment. Oh. I prefer not to speak. He hasn't, he hasn't denied it, dude. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Chez's, mate. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to Football Manager then, as as Mad has suggested. This is supposed to be a Football Manager podcast, and we'll get told <laughs> off if we don't feature actual Football Manager as well. So, how long have you actually been playing uh, Football Manager, and have you got a favourite save and on what version of the game was that save on? So all the all of the three-part questions there. Okay. So I've been playing since FM08, um, which is like 15 years ago, which is a long time. But then, I, you know, compared to some people, makes me a bit of a newbie. Like I did no championship manager stuff, nothing at all. Nothing, never played it until 08. Honestly, was one of those people that before that point thought, why would you why would you watch dots move around the screen when you can play FIFA? I'm really, and I'm, I apologize profusely for that line of thinking. Um, that's terrible. And um, ever since I installed it in, in 2008, I've played it every year since. Um, so yeah, FMOA is my first one and it's one of my favorites as a result. I think 08 and 09 have a really special place in my heart for that because 08 the first one. And on 09, I won the Champions League with Basingstoke. So <laughs> taking them taking them from uh, from the conference south, the lowest lowest playable one on the standard up to the Champions League. He may so support that was Basingstoke. One of my greatest achievements. He, he might support Basingstoke. Fuck's okay. So I uh, <laughs> I uh, I grew up in in Hampshire. I grew up near Basingstoke. So I picked the one closest to my parents' house. Um and uh, I do not support Basingstoke. I was going to say, to be fair, if you supported Basingstoke, it's a bit of a weird team to be a, keep a secret about. I would, I would have said yeah, why, yeah, I, mean, like, I, would I would just tell people. Like, secret, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so, oh, oh, 09, that was. So that's, um, that's a very special one for me, that save. And I've done a Pentagon and completed it yes. on FM17. Cool. So... I'd say FM17 and the Pentagon would also rank right up there as one of my favourites. Can you remember the teams you won the titles with? I can, yeah. Um, Or at least I can load a tweet which will tell me. (laughs) Um, It was uh, Beijing Guan to start with in China. And then I moved over to South Africa. And for some reason, I won it with the Morocco Swallows. I had to get them promoted from the second division and uh, no one would take me on. Like none of the big guns would take me on. I couldn't skip up the ladder. It took me like five years. It was so annoying. Um, then I moved over to Central America and I took charge of Dorados de Sinaloa in Mexico and won it with them. Again, no one would take me on. So just had to, yeah, it's a great league. Then I got super lucky. Um, so I actually did this in really good time. And one of the reasons was, uh, I'm just trying to find it here, which exactly which year it was. 
Um, we won the North American Champions League in 2027. Wow. And usually then once you've, once you've, done, once you've done that, you sort of like, usually you, you basically resign the next day, right? And then you just wait for another job. So I resigned and like basically the next day, um, Vasco da Gama lost their manager, Felipe Luis, you know, the left back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd taken, he'd taken charge of Vasco and Brazil appointed him as the national team manager. So he left Vasco with like six weeks for the end of the season and they were in a Copa Libertadores semi-final <laughs> yeah, and I took the job and literally just won the last, won the last six games won the won the copper and resigned. So like in 2027 <laughs> I won the North American Champions League and the Copa Libertadores. Within weeks. And just and yeah. and finished and finished, yeah. And then I, I went over to Europe and I, I won it with Nice and that took me another four years, I think. Wow. So all in all on FM seventeen I did it in thirteen thirteen or fourteen years. That is good, man. That yeah. is really good. That's really good. Yeah. I'm doing one at the moment and I am yeah. nineteen years in. Um and I yes, I, I listened. I listened to the update actually the other week, um, and uh, was was quite interested because anyone that takes on the Pentagon has my respect. Because took me twenty five years to my wife for a while. Yeah. To be fair, Dave, it took Dave twenty five years, and he saved and reload. It's mad. Isn't oh, it? I think that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really I mean, struggling. I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment at Juve, even though I've spent about 11 billion quid. I still can't win it. We just bottle it. Um, and I managed to win on penalties against Inter in the, in the quarters. It's the furthest I've been in three seasons, the quarterfinals. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, I heard, I heard about that player you've got that's played like 80 times in eight years, and he's on like 600 grand oh a week. God, or something I, like that, so, he's gone now. <laughs> he's gone very quickly. Um, he's not allowed to play football anymore. <laughs> Actually, he had six months left on his contract, and I loaned him out and still paid half his wages because it was 50% less. Like it, it was good. It made good sense to me. The other club he went to was Vitesse in, 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 in Holland, and they paid 1.2K a week, and I paid 375 grand a week towards those wages. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that math don't add up. <laughs> but yeah, what, what oh, a dream. No. Amazing. And um, on the, the last Champions League final with Nice, I went 2 0 down and won 5 2. Oh, beautiful. Against Bayern. And, it, and I was fucking going mental on the sofa. <laughs> like, and my wife, Rachel, was just, my wife, Rachel, sat next to me, like, what is your problem? Like, it's, it's like 8 pm on a Tuesday. Can you calm down? Did you have a suit? I was going to say, um, but yeah, 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 you have a suit. I was say, can you no, calm down? I, no, I didn't. No, I, <laughs> I didn't have, I, no, I didn't have a suit on that. I know I'm not, I'm, uh, I don't tend to do that. But um, do you know what? I felt really empty afterwards. I was relieved it was done. Um, and I'm sure you'll understand why, having trying to take it on yourself. But I was also like, well, what do I do now? Like, it's like when you finish a really good book or like, when you finish like a PlayStation game that you've been really into, you're like, well, well what the fuck do yeah, I do life. Like, There's other games. Yeah. Got a life. That's like looking. Games. There are other games. Yeah, it's like, I remember I finished mine. It's like March or April. And they're like, there's still like three or four months until the next game's out. But at the same time, can I really be getting into a new save after I've spent so long on this one? So, yeah. Nice to see some names that you recognise though when you let up the new save because by you know fifteen twenty years in you're like did you I mean I I did that when um I had to have two goes at the UEFA Champions League and when I was uh, just throughout the game in general I was looking at new gens thinking right when I get into Europe I'm signing him there was a obviously these lads know but there was an English winger called Peter Harper basically a David Beckham new gen and he was playing all across Europe. And in the end, I uh, when I joined, I went to Inter. He was at Inter, 
Um, but yeah, it is weird just having a full 11 of people that, you know, don't even exist really. Yeah, very weird. I had this thing where um, when I was managing Beijing Guan uh, really early on, so first two, three seasons, the first set of new gens had just come in and I took this Colombian striker and I can't remember his name and it's such a shame, but I wrote an article for like Betway or something like, like back in the day and and and... I don't know, like put it out there, but I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was this Colombian new gen. I signed him for Beijing and we won the Champions League. He was amazing. And then <laughs> like 10 years go by, 12 years go by. And I'm obviously doing other, I'm in South, South Africa. I'm in, I'm in Central America. Like he's, he wants nothing to do with it. He gets his big move to Europe. I join Nice 12 years later and he's playing for Monaco. Oh yes. And like, it's like a, it's like a full on like, my old like protege now plays for my like local rival. Like they're like 30 miles down the road on the South coast. And it's my old, it's my old Colombian new gen striker. And he plays for my rival. Narrative. It was unbelievable. Hashtag you don't write scripts like narrative. that. Yeah. yeah. Funny enough. I've actually had that a couple of times. I think it was um, Brenner. I got Brenner when I was in China. And then when I went to South America, he was the one that scored the goal that knocked me out in my first uh, Copa Libertadores final. And it's like, you just can't, you can write that shit, but you just can't write that shit. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, but now, talking about uh, incredible new gens really quickly, I wanted to, I did mention it last week on the pod about my uh, Ukrainian new gen. He's currently 54 appearances, 71 goals. Just saying. Oh, we can talk about um, wow. slightly slightly less talented new gen, Sam. Uh, if you, I don't know if you have your save open, or, or if you do, you can search it now. And if you don't, there's often a new gen that appears in the game by the name of Dave as a party. And um, <laughs> it usually comes in two or three seasons in. And I think, Dave, we're still on the hunt for a, a good one. No, it, it doesn't happen. Somebody sent me one the other day. I've had one or two playing for England this year. Um, but yeah, someone... What is it? Oh, that's fine, Dave. There's only about two and a half million people that play the game. So Yeah, someone messaged me. said, oh, mate, I've just got you playing for Kings Lynn under 18. I was like, oh, yes, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for sending it in, mate. <laughs> To be fair, Dave, on mine now, you are currently managing. Oh. Oh, no, you're not. You retired, uh, mate. No. <laughs> you played for Northampton for four <laughs> times and then you retired. What a career. Wow. <laughs> it's what basically career. the same Emory career as me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you had to live in Northampton, though, so that's Peak. sucks to be you, really. <laughs> um question next question folks who, who wants to take it anyone can take it i don't i'm not really fussed it's the lighter questions it's free for all time i was gonna quickly jump in sorry and say i know sam uh, mentioned there playing on the sofa uh next to misses the the big champions league final and it, it's not really a weird place but i was gonna say is anyone else what's the weirdest place people have played fm at or in oh not saying well, the sofa yeah. is a weird place, by the way, because that's probably... is the toilet weird. <laughs> Definitely I'll take that. it to the toilet. Yeah. yeah. Um, all forms of tra- all uh, forms I'm of transport. Play- like doesn't matter, does it? Uh, yeah. I was say, I'm currently playing in my wife's mother's living room. Does that help? Yeah. <laughs> um, on the sofa. Um, I've joined the Mar High Club playing FM. Up. Me too. Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Charles de Gaulle Airport. I've done it. Yeah, Italy. I've done it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I on did a, it in on a, Kathmandu, Nepal. Kathman, yeah. don't as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've done it on a coach in in Sweden. I've also I used to. This is before uh, remote playing was easy uh, back in the 
the late 2000s i in the job i was working i i was given a work laptop but i would log into my home computer from that and play and scout people whilst i was uh, technically being paid by my employers so, if somebody took and that that's that was on that that was all on them though because at christmas one year they said like it was in a a support department it was like well we we usually dead over christmas so like we'll just play a network save with eight of us in the office. It was that was awesome. But then everyone also then had FM on their computers, so we just carried on playing. I even got a little app that would hide it, so you couldn't see it. Um, I could just um, open it back up again. So it's not weird to do it in a, in an office, but in the way it was done, very cloak and dagger. Dagger, even. I really hope somebody takes that whole section out of context because it's <laughs> yeah. I've done it here. I've done it there. Yeah. I've done, yeah. Answers on a postcard, please. Out of context, FM. Yeah. Like, quite literally. That's... <laughs> Never heard of it. Um, no, neither. Same. <laughs> Sam, I have a question about the Ranks FC podcast. And, and by the way, if anyone, uh, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that, that have heard it, but um, highly recommended, guys, by the way, uh, in case you haven't noticed. Who is the best football manager player between Sam Tyke, Jack Collins, and Dean Jones? Bearing in mind now you're gonna you know, you're you're on a mission to alienate all your close friends. Hundred percent, yeah. I'm happy to do so again. Um I'm the best. Uh Jack barely plays and <laughs> Jack barely and Dean doesn't know how to switch on a laptop. So um I'm like by default I win, basically. I, I just play it loads, um and they don't. So I guess that's it's really it's really honestly very easy. I mean, I've actually only played like two hundred hours for this one. But I've got three very good reasons for that to present to the court. Um, but I've done more than a thousand hours on five different iterations, I think. So uh, I just play it a lot and, and they don't. That's more than Dave this year. So you actually... Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Sam, uh, back in the early days of our podcast, we used to have a five-star potential Wonder Kid Hall of Fame. Um, so basically we just pin, pinpoint a FM Wonder Kid and we used to discuss whether they should deserve to be in our Hall of Fame. Um, Eddie Alvarez Belanta still on his Wikipedia page for a number of Amazing. years that he's in our Hall of Fame it's never been taken out uh, but if you had to pick out one of your all time favourite FM Wonder Kids who would it be? See Mad sent me this question in advance and I tried to prepare and I ended up picking eight names um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you eight <laughs> not one Go because on. I just so obviously FM 08 first one I had um, very special place for me and there were two Frenchmen on that. Mamadou Sacco was unbelievable on 08, as was Henry Saive, who actually amounted oh, to yes. basically nothing. Beast. Basically nothing, unfortunately yeah. for him. Newcastle legend, but he, not... He's still at Newcastle until a couple of years ago, he probably he? still. He's like Dupes Loney. Newcastle is still paying like you know, 99% of his <laughs> wages and he's getting 1% elsewhere. But those guys are unbelievable. Um, and I think Eva Benega was ridiculous in, those, in that area as well. Mm. Um, that's nine now. I'm going to keep going. Um, FM09, <laughs> Carlos Vela, Gio De Santos, Mario Balotelli all had Wonder Kid potential, and I just used to sign them on every single one. Then I grew up a bit and started yeah. to, di to di diversify and sign different players. And so, a little bit later on, I don't know which FM it is. It's in the 16, 17 area, but Yuri Tielemans, um, before he joins mm. Monaco, Andale uh, is yeah. was just like stunning, absolutely unbelievable. Honestly, I hate saying it, but it's true. Erling Haaland over the last three years has been just a complete game breaker. Um, but Nicolo Armini, I think, is like oh, yes. the Lazio centre-back. For some reason, they let you have him for like 500k 
in the last two, uh, FM20 and FM21, you could just get him for like 500k at the start of the season. I don't know why they let you do that. He was unbelievable. And he's a left-footed centre-back. Like, it's the absolute holy grail. And they just, they just, they just let you have him. <laughs> like, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so, like, in terms of, like, unknown, like, relative unknown. Like, I still don't really know who Nicolo Armini is, right? I don't think any of us... Is he, is he, is he real? Like... Has he has he done anything <laughs> of note? Whereas obviously we know T Elements and we know Holland and we know Balotelli, all those guys, all the guys we've talked about have actually made strides in the press. Nicolo Armini, for me, he could be fake. Like I just don't know. Um so I'd probably enter him for my like Wonder Kid Hall of Fame because he was so cheap, so weirdly attainable, in a way that I think FM has kind of moved past. It's become more realistic, so that sort of stuff is harder to do. But he for some reason yeah. just bucked the trend. And he was amazing. And I used to sign him for everybody. That Real Sociedad save I mentioned, Armini at centre-back. West Ham, you betcha, Armini at centre-back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, I, I know exactly the player you're talking about. But I, I did a save at the team I can never pronounce, which is Greuterfurt in, in Germany, in like the second division. Um, and after a couple of seasons, we managed to bring him, got him in alone, and then I think we made a permanent. Same story, um, Sam. Came out of nowhere, paid no fee, value shot up, serious attributes, but like that, I've never heard of him in real life either. Um, so it's it's a really random one, and we must we must check it out. Maybe we can get onto his Wikipedia page and uh, yeah, do some damage. Maybe I don't think he's done anything else of <laughs> do note. Do some damage. <laughs> yeah, probably I, doesn't I even little... have one. <laughs> no, probably doesn't. I got a little question for you. <clears throat> we love an anecdote here, uh, and as you work within the the football industry, have you got any incredible stories that you think you'd like to brag about? Uh, tell us. Um, <laughs> Uh, doing shots with Sam Allardyce is the one that you've got to try and beat at the moment. Yeah, again, so Matt sent me this one. And that wasn't in the same night that he got sacked by England, by the way. We had nothing to do <laughs> no, with that. That was like a pint of wine. Pint of wine. Wasn't shots. <laughs> so yeah, also got this one of us. I mean, is that like, who has been having shots with Sam Allardyce? And that's my question to you, first and foremost. Is that just a made up barometer for me to beat? Or is someone... No, no, someone no, no, no. Has done that. Somebody that works at Football Manager. He yeah. currently plays for the club that you support. Oh, okay. So you... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, it's a guy that worked for uh, for SA. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, mm. I have six anecdotes prepared. Um, yes. Okay. Wow. I've just okay. opened yeah, a beer, so crack yeah. on. Um, <laughs> just um, most of them, just little things, but a couple of couple of odd stories as well. Uh, when I interviewed Tammy Abraham and played FIFA with him, we had a height off uh, because we both believed that we were taller than the other, and then we went back to back and got a measuring tape out, um, and he won. He won. he won, but he's got bigger hair, oh. so I blame it on that. And he had big, he had bigger <laughs> shoes on as well. <clears throat> I'm not accepting defeat. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you finished that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not not conceding defeat on that one, but I had a height off of Tammy Abraham. I've watched Matthias Delict fall over at the Ballon d'Or ceremony. Um, he just accepted his Golden Boy Award, was about to do an interview, and just uh, tripped over an uneven step and went flying. Um, the same Ballon d'Or ceremony, just ten minutes later, I used up. The entire international media question allotment of three questions on Virgil van Dijk on how he smells. Um, yes. <laughs> see, see, it's not weird. It's, it's not, not weird. weird. But everyone's no, no, stupid no, about he, that. He, he just he just comes second to Messi in the Ballon d'Or by about half a percent. Um, we the international media were all crowded into a corner behind a rope. And we got three questions. And I'm six foot four, pushed my way to the front of the queue and asked him. Um, do you wear aftershave during a game uh, because we've heard conflicting reports and then asked two follow-up questions and 
Then he left. And then I turned around and all of the gathered media, some had come from as far as like the Seychelles, did not get to ask a question. And they all looked at me and was like, you prick. And I I was just like, well... The question is, did he? So he said that he doesn't wear it during... um, he doesn't wear he doesn't wear that aftershave, um, but he says he has personal hygiene and personal pride, and he likes to smell nice and normal. So I just from, I just can't believe this poor bloke has just come second, and he's like, right, they're gonna they're gonna chuck some shitty questions at me. How do I feel? I'm thinking it through my head now. How am I feeling? How's this gonna affect my season? Okay, yeah. Question one: How do you smell? Yeah. Um, do you wear Tom's for yeah. <laughs> with my, with my fucking nose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it had become a little bit of a thing because I think Troy Deeney had said he smells unbelievable or something, um, and then. Um, I interviewed Oxlade Chamberlain about two months before in Liverpool and I asked him about it and he was like, I don't know. I don't think I've really noticed anything, you know, like that. So there was conflicting reports, you know. So then we talked about it on the pod and someone was like, if you ever get the chance to interview Virgil van Dijk, you have to ask him. And then about a month later, I was at the Ballon d'Or ceremony and he was there and I was like, well, fuck it. I did say I, ha- I, did say I would ask him. Um, fucking mad that is, so, that is mad so I did it um, anyway he says he likes to smell normal and nice and gave me a very funny look um, right where are we up to <laughs> that's such a Dutch response yeah, as well big isn't time it? very honest very truthful <laughs> um, what happened what else has happened also Dutch uh, I've done an Instagram live with Memphis Depay and he has started freestyle rapping in Dutch in front of me yes uh, <laughs> which was I love very his. awkward I love his Manchester United shirt collection. It's tremendous. Yeah. At least it wasn't Meza Ozil trying to do the rapping. My word. I don't know if, if anyone's witnessed that. That is not very yeah, good. No. I mean, he, I mean, I think he was probably good, but it was in Dutch. I didn't understand a word he was saying. Um, but he, you know, he walked over to his like his desk and like put on a beat for himself and then started. And I was like, fucking hell! Oh like, what face do you put? You're on Instagram Live, like in front of like ten thousand people. What face do you pull while you're just like, 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 just like? Listening, like I don't know, man. It was, it was. You got to be his hype, man. You got to be hyping him yeah, up. Yeah. Not, did, you, did you ask yes, him to do it, or did he just volunteer? He, talk, he wanted to talk. So he just released a new track, um, Dubai Freestyle, and uh, we were talking about like that and the music video. Hit a light, a Liger Cub in the music video. Like it's pretty cool, if a bit, you know, not okay. Um, and uh, I was just encouraged by my producer to ask him about, you know the music, the track, his freestyling. And we ended up getting to a point where he was like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, for fuck's sake. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, from Bleach Report's perspective, it's like Memphis Depay went on an Instagram live with us and started freestyling. That's really cool. And like, I agree. Uh, I just wish it was to someone else. Um, because I, I looked, I literally, I've never, you'll never see a human look more awkward than I did. So there you go. Um, uh, what, I'd like to see that footage actually. Yeah. And then, uh, Thomas Muller has made horse noises in my face, uh, directly into my face while I was interviewing him. I just, I just, uh, just, uh, yeah, I, uh, I just asked him about, is that his kink? He's got, um, he's a big horse guy. Um, his wife is like, um, what do you call it when they make them, make them run sideways? Um, dressage. Dressage. His wife is like a German Olympian dressage rider and they have like stables in their garden. They have loads of horses. Um, and I was just like, oh, so like you like horses. And I was just going to like go into that a little bit. And he just went like that in my face, like 
right there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Okay. Um, I love the fact that his missus is very good at making horses go into a different kind of spaces. And so is Thomas Muller because he plays the Ramdoya. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, I made it football very related. Very good. Very good. I mean, on, on, <laughs> honest to God, my question to him at the time was going to be, do you have enough horses to do a five-a-side tournament? That is what I was going to ask Thomas Muller. <laughs> and somehow my, the thing that I was going to do was not the weirdest thing that was said. <laughs> um, anyway, the last one is that um, I bet for what I do for Southampton is I write the opposition tactical analysis in the match day program and the website and the app. And uh, one day Sean Dyche had some time on his hands pre-game and read my analysis of his team, didn't like it, took it into the dressing room, showed the players showed it specifically to Charlie Taylor and said, that's what they think of you because I'd singled him out as shit. And um, then, um, so it was the proverbial like article slapped on the dressing room wall. They went out and they won 2-0. And then in the post-match press conference, Sean Dice just basically said everything that I just said to all the journalists and was like, yeah, I've got, I had loads of time. So I just read the, an article. It was pretty, uh, pretty damning of my players. I showed them it. And uh, there you go. And I was like... Oh, no. Cool. So you're basically going to get me fired. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I did not get fired in the end. Um, so it, obviously it went through certain people at Southampton anyway to be published. Like, So it was all okayed. But it ended up being showed to Ralph Hasenhutl and Ralph had to read it. And like they asked for his opinion on whether or not he was like okay with it. And do you know what his reply was? I don't care. I've got a team to manage. Like, what? 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 Why? Why have you asked me this? Like, fuck off, basically. Um, fair point. And uh, I retained I retained my job. Um, but Sean Dyche did, did, did definitely try and get me fired once, and I don't like him for it. Hence the Burnley hatred early on. Charlie, 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 Charlie. You've got to check this. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Probably I thought it was here. <laughs> Shivers went down my spine. It brings me back to... It still brings me back to and when we had Andrew um, from Sports Interactive on a couple of weeks ago, Sam, and we asked him for an anecdote, and they had Sean Dyche come in to do uh, they do a kind of a manager talks internally, and he went he went, oh, he, went to do a, he went to ask a question, and his voice completely just crackled up in his throat, and he was like, "Hi, Sean, yeah, <laughs> will you be my friend?" Oh. <laughs> That's brutal. I can't believe you brought that back up. You are it had to be done. Sorry, Andrew, if you're listening, but it had to be brought up again. He doesn't. Sorry, Andrew. Right. Yeah. Right, we've got time for one more question uh, so the floor taketh whoever wants it I think Sam Nobody. In, in, in the spirit of all things rank Sam we have to well, I think we have to get a ranking from you I think it's only fair um, I just did a top, so just did a top six football manager <laughs> top six anecdotes yeah we haven't got enough um, let's go football manager could you would you rank the maybe rank the three best things about football manager or your maybe your three favorite things about football manager and then we'll we'll see if we agree and to confirm if you're if you're truly as fm as you think you are okay fine top 3 <clears throat> at number 3 um i think it's the random attachments and soft spots that this game creates and example there being my my yeah. pentagon save like i managed the morocco swallows in south africa like no way would i have ever known that they existed um, beforehand, but now I follow them on Twitter. Um, why would an English guy with no attachment to South America, uh, South Africa whatsoever have anything to do with this team or the South African Premier League? Pretty much the only reason is, is football manager. And same goes for Dorados de Sinaloa in Mexico. I mean, who the hell are they? Um, well, I know because I managed them to Champions League glory. And do you guys know which notable manager 
currently in the game, did one season there in Mexico in 2005, just before he retired. 2005. So it's not nice being asked fucking questions, <laughs> is it, man? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give it to me in advance. <laughs> I tell you, it's so Pep Guardiola played for them for a year just before he hung oh, up wow. his boots. Yeah. So, but do you know what? Oh. Oh, that's so annoying. I just listened to the Jonathan Wilson Barcelona legacy book and they literally talk about the fact that he went to Mexico, but I didn't know it was that team. That's yeah, brilliant. I know. So obviously we know he like went to Roma, went to Brescia, did a year in I think yeah. Saudi Arabia. He did like a little weird circus tour thing. And then he ended up playing at Dorados de Sinaloa. Um, and I assume that this is where he ended up coming across Juan Melillo, who now is his assistant at Man City. And he sort of holds up as like his mentor alongside Marcelo Bielsa because he's South American. And I presume he was kind of came into contact with him in this general area. But like, I know all this stuff because I managed them on Football Manager 17. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the point is on those random attachments and soft spots, like it creates them in the strangest of ways. And if any Brazilian asks me which club I support, I always say Vasco da Gama because of the Pentagon save. And mostly because it winds them up. Because they're like, what? Because they're usually a Fluminense <laughs> fan or something like that. <laughs> so that'd be my number three. Um, at two... I have to get a little bit serious with it, I guess. Like the research and knowledge base that this game provides is incredible. Like obvious caveat, mm -hmm. I do not judge players based on football manager, but as like a research net and as a literal scouting shortlist, like it doesn't get much better, does it, in terms of a database of names? And I'll be able to pick out players that I need to go and watch in the flesh or need to go and watch video of. And I find myself on like Europa League nights and Conference League nights I'm always like scrolling through the squads on like the live score app or something like that as they come through. And, you know, you just recognize random weird names. Oh, yeah, that guy, you know, that guy at Rapid VN. Like, oh, he, yeah, I saw him. Like you, you'd have just come across him or maybe signed him or something. And that's that's kind of awesome. So you just get really random nuggets of knowledge. But the research net is incredible for someone like me and my job. Do you ever, like, I always think it with uh, like Pione Sisto used to be a really decent FM one to give back yeah, in the yeah. day. And he was at Michelin. I remember he was playing for United. And I watched, I was like, he's fucking class. And, and I was like, I think I was watching him with Grand. He's like, have you actually ever watched him play? They're like, nah, he's all right on Football Manager. Yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. fucking classy. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that <laughs> was my, my first opinion of Antoine Griezmann, even, was like based on the fact that he was at Real Sociedad and he was class on the left wing. And then they played against United in the yeah. Champions League. I was like, you, oh, you want to watch out for that guy? He's brilliant. And uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't really yet actually watched him play properly. So yeah, it does do that sort of thing. But um, yeah. Anyway, number one, worldwide awareness. Again, might be a bit sensible, but like you guys have noticed, right, that playing football manager like every day, you are like flooded with just like different cultures and different names, different flags, different countries, different capitals, different cities. And very randomly, if I showed you a flag of an African nation, like you, you could probably name which country it was. Or like, if yeah. I showed you Mozambique's flag, you'd be able to name the country. Or if I, if I told you a player, you'd be able to say where they're from. If I, I don't know, showed you a city name, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's probably from like Serbia or something. Because you've probably seen it in a team name. Like, again, random bits of information. But like, my geography is unbelievable. Like, <laughs> see, the thing is though, like, I, I get, the, get what you're saying. My, my geography is awful. But in England, like non, the non-league, league, like league structure and where teams are from, that helped me navigate England. <laughs> like, so I, I completely get like yeah. what you're saying. Like, who, who knew what Lewis Town oh, are? Yeah. Like, and oh, Lewis, Lewis FC. But um, 
and knowing like football grounds and what they what they mm. should be called, not necessarily the sponsored name, but like Lewis Town play at oh, Lewis FC, sorry, play at uh, the Dripping Pan, which is probably the most non-league ground name ever. Apart from the shed, which I think might be Shep Shed yeah, Dynamo yeah. play there, but like random bollocks that no one ever knows. But you, you know, it's it's amazing fuel. For it is, quizzes. yeah. And if you get me on like a sporkle quiz for like flags or like that, I'm unstoppable. Like absolutely amazing. And it's basically because of football manager. Like that's the only reason. It's because every time you play it, you are force fed a ridiculous amount of information, whether or not you you know it or not, conscious or subconscious, and you're learning about all of these different places and. Once you start to learn how to pronounce certain words or certain players from certain countries, you can kind of infer then how to take, say their names. And all of a sudden you're like, hang on a minute, I actually understand the structure of like how to pronounce stuff in a Slavic language. Or like, <laughs> how, how has that happened? And it's basically, it comes from football and by extension, football manager. It's also a massive like conversation starter with randomers. I find like <laughs> yeah. I, I remember once, like I, we I I was in New Zealand for a year, and on the way back we kind of stopped in in Thailand in this real quiet remote place, and it was around Christmas time, so it was, there was not many people around. There was this this guy there with his family and a load of small kids, um, from Sweden on his holidays. I spent about an hour talking to him about Kim Kallström <laughs> and, <laughs> and various other like. Swedish, you know, I've, he told me like he was Goldberg fan, and we just started talking. And he and at the after about maybe half an hour, he was like, "How do you know all this shit?" <laughs> and I was like, "Let me tell you about a little game called Football Manager." <laughs> and uh, if I go to France, my 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 missus, she's from France. Again, my French isn't too great. Some of some of the friends of the family and stuff wouldn't be too strong in, in terms of English. We just start talking about football because it's universal. But like you know, some of them they might be fans of like it could be Nice, it could as I said, it could be Nantes, it could be any of those. And um, it's just it just allows Can you pronounce that correctly, please. So it could be <laughs> not <laughs> getting the words. Yes. <laughs> not. Uh, but yeah, it's mad how it just opens up. Um, this is exactly what this is exactly, exactly what Dean and Jack do to me on on our pod. Uh, I say not, and they're like, "That's not how you say it." I'm like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> We're very Excellent. immature here. For example, the only reason I like Nice is if you look at the first three letters and turn it on its side and then come back to me. That's the only reason why I like the team. It, it looks like a stick man having a wank. That's all I'm, I'm going to say. Right. Yeah. That's how immature we are here. Yeah. Welcome to the pod. I can't on that note, to almost finish with without sort of unveiling all of the the true behaviour. But you know, it's it's out now. So anyway, thank you very much, Sam, for joining us. Where can people find you? Pleasure, lads. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. It's been really good. Um, they can find me on the Ranks FC podcast. So just search Ranks FC in Spotify or Apple or whatever it is, and we will come up. I'm pretty much only there now. So three times a week. One on a Wednesday is free, and if you really really like it. You could join us on Patreon as well for a Monday and a Friday, but just just try the Wednesday one first. Lovely stuff. Well, that brings episode 242 to a close. You can find the links for each of us, including Sam and the Ranks FC podcast in the description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest football manager content. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most of the popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Bye, Bye. Bye folks. Cheers, Sam.